Yo, yo, yo. Happy 2024, everyone. We are back with a, I'm going to say a milestone episode for us. This is episode 10. We have done 10 episodes of Address Unknown, and we are coming to you from another van on the west coast of Australia. WA, as they call it. That's an entirely different episode. We are about to discuss Adelaide and our drive from there back to Sydney. There's lots of drama, so let's get into it. All right, episode 10. We committed. We stuck to it, and I think that we have, we've gotten better, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, we're regulars now. (laughs) I don't know that we're regulars. We definitely don't have a production team that is helping us with any of this, and... We're still recording in a van. We're still recording in a van, so there's still those noises that you're going to hear, but, you know, the, the... Listeners have told us that we've gotten better, and so I will take that as as positive feedback. Yeah, I think one thing we should note that, thankfully, today you may not hear any rain. Yeah, we'll see. You, Who knows? You would probably be rain-free for a little bit. But well, it was raining just like half an hour give ago, it an hour. so we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Real quick, just a correction to episode nine. Our friend Matt in Melbourne had pointed out the correct pronunciation of a town, which was by Bells Beach, called... It's actually Torquay. It yes. is not Torquay. It is not Torquay. <laughs> it is Torquay. Thank you, Matt, for making that known. Any other uh, language or interpretation corrections? Holler. Pronunciations. Pronunciations. Holler yeah. at us. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we start this episode with the arrival in Adelaide. We were staying at a caravan park close to the city center. It was only about 15, 20 minute bus ride out of downtown. So I'll be at a great site. It was overlooking a river with these extensive bike trails. And you know how much I love a campsite on a river. It's like so a prerequisite it was, now. It was, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. If we can. If we're not in a desert, which we'll get into in a little bit. But yes, it was it was a very lovely camp campground. The next day we were getting prepped because we had another wine tour booked. Of course. This tour was going to be in the Barossa Valley, which is an area north of Adelaide. Another popular wine region, this time known for its more darker red wines. Yes, because of the, the temperature and the, the climate, right, for growing these grapes. So they're up at the top of the hill before you get into the valley. There are some white wines. Um, so we did taste some of those as well on this tour. But really, the Barossa Valley is, is well known for their reds. Their pinots. Yes. And the Shiraz. Yeah, some. Mm-hmm. The tour this time around was a little bit larger of a group, which is fine, but it, it does change that dynamic a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we stopped at a couple attractions along the way. Then we did end up visiting three vineyards on this tour. Our favorite combined I think, was the Rosenvale. Mm-hmm. And this was really because, in my opinion, the, the, the guide or the person at the vineyard had so much charisma that it just, yeah, the guy who runs the the vineyard, like he's enjoyable. he's the like head. He's not the winemaker, but no, he, was, he just kind of like runs the program. GM. He was a GM right, for the exactly, vineyard. and he was just like this awesome personality. And I think like the two other vineyards that we had been to prior, well, they were fine, and 
they were beautiful and obviously you love a tasting but the people who were like walking you through the tasting it just felt very canned right like very salesy turn and burn kind of attitude yeah yeah there wasn't a lot of uniqueness to it where this guy i mean he right off the bat admitted to the fact that he had already like drank an entire bottle of wine right before we got there so he was also a little like loosey-goosey which i think made it super fun yeah but he was great obviously very knowledgeable and then the the personality made Mm -hmm. the experience so much better yeah we did buy three bottles while at rosenvale yes we did and these were going to be saved for a later part in the drive yeah you told me that i could buy only three bottles and i held off until the last vineyard and that's where i bought the three on the way home Mm -hmm. we decided to get dropped off in downtown rather than back at our original pickup location because we wanted to get an opportunity to explore a little bit more of adelaide yeah we hadn't gone into the town yet we got there the first afternoon just kind of hung out at the campsite and then yeah it was like all right let's let's see what adelaide has to offer And this was getting close to the holidays, so all the work holiday parties were in full swing. We ended up going and stopping at the Seoul rooftop, which was in a hotel, rooftop bar. But like good view of the city. city. Yeah, Yeah. you kind of have to. It's one of those cliche type roof deck bars in a new city because you can see everything then. Yeah. Real simply from above. Except for it was windy as hell. Yeah. So we didn't stay long. We stayed for one drink and got off that roof. Yeah, yeah. You felt like you were going to get blown off. Uh, The wind, the rain, the flies, Australia. We made our way down to the street level. Mm -hmm. And then we headed out for some dinner and ended up down on Peel Street, which, similar to uh, Melbourne, they have these little lanes and bars and cafes and restaurants in, in their pedestrian walkways. Yeah, pedestrian street. So no cars can drive down. A bunch of different bars and restaurants. And so we found one, Peel Street, which mm-hmm. was incredible. The food was really, really good. Like, that, that that meal is, like, burned into my memory. They had, like, a special appetizer mm-hmm. that you liked. I did. We've talked about this. For some reason, halloumi is a big thing here. But So it's halloumi on these slices of watermelon with pickled vegetables. Like, it was just an amazing amalgamation of flavors in in my mouth i loved it yeah and paired with a little bit of very delicious orange wine really good which we tried to find and it ended up it was sold out because i was like we're gonna drive to this place and we're gonna get some of this orange wine that's how good it was but maybe someday we'll be able to find it again the the craziest part about the meal aside from the food being really good and the wine being great and just the people watching on peel street was our server identifies our accent and mm-hmm. she says oh you guys sound like you're from america we said yeah we are and she said oh i went to college there and we said oh where'd you go to college and she said i went to east stroudsburg she was like you won't know it that's it's right a tiny town she goes that's right she goes i went to east stroudsburg university in pennsylvania and well, we were like shut up so for our, our pa pod our crowd in pennsylvania mm-hmm. um, they know east stroudsburg is like 30 minutes from where our house was in pennsylvania like the regional college for the Poconos mm-hmm. and so we ended up talking to her for like this like long time we're holding her up from us serving other tables yeah. because we were just going back and forth how is this possible we're like we would go there all the time because it was kind of like the best place to get food you had your target there and your home depot yeah, like it, that's it was the only where place to get anything. yeah to get things so we were in east Strasbourg all the time and, and so we were like how the hell 
did a young woman from Adelaide, Australia, end up in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. But she told us she went for the sports field she, hockey. Yeah, she field hockey. She got a scholarship. She she thought it would be close to New York City. It, right. it, it, it you know it is I guess in it, Australian it, terms it is in close. Australia's terms it is close but she actually said they went to the city a lot um, and it is it's like a, an hour and a half two hour drive um, so she was like yeah we went into the city a lot and we we're like not shocking because after four years of going to college in East Strasburg I can imagine you'd want to get into New York City as much as possible small small world right yeah. like crazy and for anybody interested in the Poconos revert back to episodes one two and three probably they're mentioned quite a bit <laughs> that's when we started the podcast mm -hmm. it was just a crazy coincidence yep the next day we got up and we took the free city bus that will do a loop in Adelaide mm -hmm. around the whole city and you can just hop on, hop off. It's yeah. not even a tourist bus. The public transportation bus is just free. As long as you're staying in the inner city loop, I think that's what it's called, yep, actually. That's correct. Like, you can just hop on, hop off as much as you want, and it's totally free, which was amazing. Exploring Adelaide, we saw a bunch of beautiful arcades, lots of shops, and of course, like, cool street art. It's kind of a thing in Australian mm -hmm, cities. Mm -hmm. We had lunch at Shobosho. Oh like Japanese place. Amazing meal as well. With amazing orange wine again. And we actually headed to the market. We did. Take a look around. Gotta check out the local market, right? Yeah, all said and done, Adelaide's kind of a forgotten town in the country, it seems like, for most at least most Americans thinking of Australia. It's it's a nice city. It's a mid size, it's not big like Sydney. Mm -mm. And it just has really good vibes, good public transportation. People are biking everywhere. The weather was ideal. Yeah, lots of parks, lots of greenery. There's a big river that runs right through the middle of the yep. city. It just seems like a really nice balance of city and nature. And yeah, we, we liked it. We it's enjoyed just, it. just far from everything. That's it the is. only problem. It is, yeah. So we spent three lovely nights in Adelaide, but then it was time to move on. So we drove Wanda three hours to the town of Renmark, where we were driving along the River Murray. This is a very large river, and therefore the land that the river runs through is called the Riverlands. And as we were driving, there are all these signs, and actually someone had warned us about this, right? Where there was all these ban on, on foods that you could bring into the Riverlands because there was an outbreak of, of fruit flies. And these aren't the fruit flies you see in the U.S. These are nasty looking things. We were like, well, we've been in South Australia, right, for a while. And the food that we have in the van was purchased in South Australia. So it should be fine. But then there's all these signs saying if you have food, you need to have a receipt to show that you bought it in South Australia. And we're like, we didn't keep the receipt. And in fact, Farber always yells at me for keeping the receipts. Worthless pieces of paper. <laughs> so we've thrown all of them away. And we had a lot of food. But we were like, you know what? We're going to we're going to risk it. We're going to risk getting pulled over or having to like go into one of these checkpoints. They're and very sorry to interrupt you. They, they are very serious. They're very this serious. This is not like it. a joke. Like no. to us we thought this was like okay, you're going from one state to another. Why would you have to declare food items or get rid of any sort of fresh fruit or nuts or soils? Mm -hmm. But agriculturally Australia is so independent by region that they are very concerned about their crops being invasions Inva of yeah different types of species like like 
insect species that could decimate grape vines or could decimate stone fruit trees. So yeah. they take it very seriously, whereas we thought it was just overly, well, overly protective. Again, we weren't, we weren't being negligent either. All of the food that we had, we had bought in South Australia. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have proof that we had. So we were like, all right, if, you know, we'll feign dumb American that we didn't know this and also be able to show them our itinerary and be like, we've been in South Australia for a long time. So any of this food was purchased there, but we didn't get pulled over. Anyway, we got to Renmark and this holiday park that we stayed at in Renmark was nice, real, real pimped out. It had a lot of offerings. There was a small water park for the children. There was a pool. There was a hot tub. There was a gym, which we were super excited about. They brought in food trucks and there were movie times, indoor and outdoor movie viewing for the kids as well. Um, So tons of offerings, massive, massive park. Once again, we had a spot right on the river, right on the the Murray. Murray. Mm-hmm. So a re- prerequisite, we must be on the river. Yes, there is have one to be on the river. And people brought in their boats. They brought in jet skis. There were people kneeboarding, which I haven't seen since I was a child. But you wonder, is it because it's Australia and they're 20 years behind? Or is it just retro cool again? Who knows? People fishing. There are also these massive houseboats that you can rent. Um, to huge. stay on. This, yeah, these are not like live a house, on them. Yeah, these are not a houseboat like you see... You know, on Lake Minnetonka, like in Minnesota or something. These were huge, huge, like two stories. Multiple sun decks and stuff. So yeah, they would come cruising by. That definitely seemed to be a thing. So I don't know. It was great. It was, the weather was amazing. It was sunny. We were on water. So that, those two things right now go a long way for us. The next day, this place also runs bikes, which is nice. So we could bike into town. So a running joke in our relationship is Farber always wants to get a tandem bike. He wants us to cruise around town on a tandem bike. And it looks I, like a lot of fun. Yeah. I, no, I've always said no, like absolutely not. I will be the first person to admit that I am a control freak. Um, and so being on the back and not having any control was not something that I was looking forward to. I mean, it it happened very early on in our relationship, right? You had a motorcycle correct? and we would go on rides and I would be on back and I was like, no, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like just sitting there idly, not being in control. And so I very quickly went out and got my motorcycle license and got my own bike and we would go on rides, but we each had our own vehicle. And that's how I feel about bicycles. And I should have stuck to my guns and should have uh, said no to the tandem bike this time. But for some reason I gave in and uh, I hated every single second of it. What a great ride. No. Twice the power. Horrible. Yeah, you have to pedal at the same time. time. That's super annoying too. The seat was insanely uncomfortable. Handlebars were so low. And you know, there was a couple of times, Farber, where you kind of, you weren't in the most controlled. We almost hit a pole at one point. Like there were, there were some questionable actions taken as the person in control of the tandem bike. Um, I I disagree, but okay, (laughs) let's move on. So anyway, we biked into Renmark. We were super excited because we had read on this website that there was going to be a market. It's almost Christmas. So there's gotta be stuff going on. No, 
Nar. They forgot to remove that from the website. Yeah, yeah. That was a couple years old, and that market hadn't happened for a long time. So, uh, Renmark yeah, was sleeping. There was not a lot going on in the, uh, the town of Renmark. But we did find, and this has sparked a love affair for you, an RSL. Why don't you talk about what an RSL is uh, yes, and why you course. love it so yeah, much? Yeah, so RSL stands for Returned Service League. And essentially what this is, it's the equivalent of a VFW in the United States. Mm -hmm. And unlike a VFW in the United States, you must be a member by military standings, meaning you have to be a vet or related to a vet generally. Or some of them you can sign in. You can sign in, whatever. These are open to the public. Mm -hmm. And they tend to be... um, kind of classier i mean not classier but they look like a ho- a casino well, yeah that's the thing there's always gaming there's always right? gaming. so, you, so go there's, in, oh. you go in and yep. there's like the arcade uh games meaning there's no like live no. live gambling no but there are horse races yep and there are dog races yep. like digital. any yep digital and real um all over the world mm-hmm. and so there's multiple tv screens that you can go and bet on all of these races um, they, and have, then, they have a full bar and a full restaurant. Yep. And they have when you get the menu, there's a member rate mm-hmm. and a and a non-member rate mm-hmm. or a guest rate. If you remember, you're generally, as we said, a veteran, and you can also get a discounted purchase price on things. How, yeah, it was like it, two to three dollars cheaper. Not that much cheaper. But, but these places are cheap to begin with. Yes, and that's, they're very cheap. That's why they're great for people who are traveling like us. Like mm-hmm. so, you can go in, and for like thirty dollars, you can eat lunch and have drinks and mm-hmm. sit. And enjoy yourself. Like, and you're usually in these cool sort of like overlooks, like overlooking a river or yeah. overlooking like uh, the streetscape of the of the small town. Yeah, the one in Renmark was right on the river. Yeah. So this was our first experience. You go in. I don't think this one we had to give our. Do we have oh, yeah. to give our license? Yeah, remember? Yeah, they scan your your license, and you get a receipt essentially. And all of them are different. Some of them, then you can go in and just show your receipt, and it's good for three days or five days. Some of them, it's just one day. But I think. As a tourist, you would just think that you wouldn't be allowed in these things. Right. And so we just, yeah, we went in and we were like, all right, can we come in and have lunch here? And they're like, yeah, totally. Just give us your ID. And that was it. And so that started our love affair with the RSLs. And we have now, wherever we are, if there is an RSL, we will go. Um, So anyway, it was great. Outside of the horrible tandem bike ride to and from town beautiful day but it started to get insanely hot like 40 degrees and so it uh was pool time we went to the pool chilled relaxed that night when we were making dinner at the camp kitchen uh there was an outdoor movie showing of paddington bear 2 uh which we went outside and ate our dinner and watched with the children the next day more pool times because again how often do we have these beautiful warm sunny days and then that night they brought in two different food trucks for dinner and then there was also a truck uh from the local distillery local gin and vodka distillery so we got a couple rtds we got some that's thai food right Yeah, Yeah, yeah thai food for dinner that night it was great and while we were there we got to work out in the gym i think just so people understand like these amenities go a long way when you're in a van you don't have any for a long time like mm. you when you're making every meal yourself 
when there is no television Mm-mm. and when you can be hardly in, internet yes yeah, sometimes not so much great internet and then oftentimes you're in places that are just sweltering and there's like no uh, no reprieve right there's no lake there's no river there's no ocean so these things to have in a park while full of families and and you know kind lots of, of people very sort of disney-esque they are like they're nice to have when you have not had anything for a very long time mm-hmm. so that's interesting that you say that because um so i had booked this this park and after this park you were like i don't want to stay at these big walt disney type parks anymore I want something more rustic, more rural. Like, I don't want people on top of me all the time. So, the next day, we left Renmark, and we drove through the cute town of Mildura. Very, very cute town. I had booked a camp site uh, in the town of Mildura, because I was like, oh, this looks like a cool town, has a lot going on, and it actually did. Really great brunch there that day. So... We continued on from Mildura to Mungo National Park. Let's just say it was supposed to be three and a half hours from Renmark, uh, but it ended up being an additional two. We'll get into that. Yeah, before before the drama ensues <laughs> and I start having to walk back things I've said recently and <laughs> be, be reprimanded more by Jonica, uh, we are going to take a very quick break right back. And we are back. This is episode 10 of Address Unknown. At this point, we have taken Wanda, our camper van, from Renmark, stopped in the town of Mildura, and we are making our way to Lake Mungo State Park. State Park, National Park, I'm not really sure, but yeah, a park, nonetheless. So, upon departing for Lake Mungo State Park, we looked at the Google Maps and we said, listen, this is going to be an hour and a half from here, easy drive, Mm -hmm. and um, we should be just fine. We should get there by 1, 2 o'clock, no big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. So a few things led us astray. First, the van, we had specific instructions to not go off-road. Correct. Which, to me, off-road was like, don't drive the van on the beach, right? Where we are right now, people drive their cars on the beach. So, yeah, of course, we're not going to drive off-road. This is, it's a van. It's not a four-wheel drive vehicle. And I had specifically looked at getting to this park, what that meant, right? Like, can you take a two-wheel drive yes. yeah, vehicle to the park? Like, you don't need, you don't have to have four-wheel drive. And I was like, yes, it's accessible to two-wheel drive vehicles. So I was like, perfect, great, okay. So, so one thing that we've learned about Google Maps, and, and this is to not necessarily trust the timeline they give you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Because what this, let's say, 30-minute drive it should have, should have been. taken mm-hmm. turned into a two-hour drive and not only was it a long drive lake mungo no longer has any lakes these lakes all dried up forty thousand years ago but on google maps you see several bodies of water including one titled lake mungo so farber thinks that we're driving to this beautiful lakefront campsite 
and we're literally driving into the bowels of hell. <laughs> it was there. It was insane. The road first. It took us two hours. Yeah, right. let's and just hope that Wanda's parents aren't ever going to listen to this because we broke rules. Like, we were not supposed to take Wanda on that road. It, it literally, like, we, we, the van sounded like it was going to rattle off at the rails. Like, the wheels were going to fall off, the doors were going to, like, every bolt was loose by the time we were done with this road. This was another thing that we learned is that uh, in Australia, there's, there's sealed, aka blacktop, paved yeah. blacktop roads or unsealed roads, which could mean a variety of things and so this road oh my god how was it like 35 or 40 k it was, like, it was like 40 kilometers so we're yeah. talking not you know like 20 18 to 20 miles yeah took us two hours and everyone else was blowing past us if you had some sort of regular suv or car granted that car's not gonna be doing well after that but whatever people were blowing past us i was not going above 15k the entire time yeah. because this van Wanda was she she was not happy this reminds me of our first oh, problematic drive in which we misread Google Maps we were on our honeymoon in Albania some people do know this story um, if you don't feel free to reach out but a what we thought was a two-hour drive through the mountains of Albania to get to Vlor this mm -hmm. like beachside community turned into a goat trail literally took us eight hours we, we were, were in we a were rationing water. We were in a Peugeot manual. This thing, we had rocks almost coming through the floor of this car. I, I thought we were going to be stuck there forever. I was like, we have no cell service. We were rationing water. We had no food. Anyway, this yeah. this drive was second to that. Yes. That was the that was the first time that Google Maps screwed us. This is the second time. So we've almost been divorced twice because of driving. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, we eventually we do make it to our campsite uh, eventually in Lake Mungo National Park here. Um, and it's very primitive. It's what I had been seeking. Yes. As Jonica mm -hmm. spoke about earlier, meaning there's no uh, running water in the sense of provided water. There is no camp kitchen. There are um, we'd call them like primitive uh, outhouse style bathrooms, like mm -hmm. a hole in the ground mm -hmm. uh, with a bucket type mm -hmm. seating position. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hot right it's it's getting up there at this point in time i thought no problem if it's hot there's a lake but we learned very quickly after we took our first walk down to this uh, beautiful overlook there used to be a lake and now there used to be a lot of lakes there used to be a lot of lakes mm -hmm. it was forty thousand years ago and so we're looking out now you know at this overlook that it's this huge expanse of nothing but dry desert grass mm -hmm. a few animals here and there like a bird but remote and so we make our way back to the van. It's time for dinner. So Jonica's cooking away in the van. And all of a sudden... In, in a couple different aspects. The yes. Cooking yes, away. Yeah. Yes. So these, these like kangaroos start to show up and gather as soon as you they hear a, a drip of water on a tap. And so to, to be clear, while I say there was no water provided, there were large rain reservoir containers that you could use to like gather water for washing dishes and that sort of thing. It was not potable. You could you not can't drink, drink it. it. Yeah. So the second you turn that tap, the kangaroos come out of the woodwork, like literally hopping out of the they're grass. They're dying of thirst because yes. you are literally in a desert. There is no water anywhere. So these, the kangaroos are all waiting around sort of like when like you go to feed your dog and you're filling up the bowl and the dog comes running and waits, these kangaroos came right away. Mm -hmm. And Jonica, 
being a little emotionally uh i love animals and i just i felt bad i was like they're dying of thirst they're gonna do wild animals they all survive without they just need water but so as as a result of this jonica says i'm just going to give them you know i'm going to cut them a break i'm going to give them a A uh, bowl of water a bowl of water Mm -hmm. so no big deal one bowl of water gets put out and immediately like the aggression from the kangaroos starts oh my god and they start fighting each other and like they're most of them were female and there was like two maybe dominant males little guys yeah small ones and they were just scrappy and like chasing and snarling at each other for this bowl of water so seven bowls of water later maybe <laughs> i gave a lot of water the, the kangaroos start getting aggressive with us as we yeah. go to like get the bowl from them yeah they're not they're not wanting to leave it alone and so that's when i was like all right no more water like you guys are you're done yeah it was insane but yeah. let's check it out we'll put them on maybe we can put them on the post we'll put them on the gram yeah 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 post Um, the videos of the kangaroos fighting and they make crazy noises we didn't know that they made noises because we hadn't heard any noises until this point but these they were obviously they were very thirsty and they were just trying to fight for the water you know they say don't feed the wild animals this is exactly why give them water feed them whatever just this is why (laughs) so it was our first night of sleep was very hot it was so hot um, we woke up real early because we had not had great sleep. Too hot. And we said, listen, let's make our way to the ranger station because we want to know, A, if there's some trails around here to explore, but B, how do we avoid going back two hours on that dirt, unpaved road, right? Because, of course, we didn't have any service There was no internet. All. There was not no internet, pain. and there were no maps anywhere. No. And we didn't have, like, a road map with us because we were children of the internet age. Yes. Um, so we get the station, the... the Ranger station is supposed to be open from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 daily. That's mm-hmm. sort of the hours they hold. We get there at like 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. and there's a sign on the door that says, we will be closed the, the 18th. Well, it's the 19th, mm-hmm. and they're still closed. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we'll be opening at 10.30. Mm-hmm. Okay. so And we, closing at 3.30. Yeah. Just yeah. Taking, a, taking a short day. Casual work. Casual work. Like a handwritten sign. So we're like, okay, fine. This is with the wrong date. Yeah. Like this is in the middle of nowhere. No big deal. Let's go for a hike. We'll come back and they'll be open. So while we're standing there, this Australian man is reading the same sign. And he said, that's the wrong date. And we're like, yeah, it's the wrong date and it's the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And he just says this key phrase that we've learned very quickly to adapt. This has become our key phrase now. That's Australia for you. With a shrug. You just shrug. shrug. That's Australia for you. That's how it goes. That's it. We did our hike. We got to see some huge red kangaroos. This was the first time. They're Finally. bigger than most of the kangaroos we've seen. When when people think of like the stereotypical kangaroo in Australia, you're you're the seeing jacked one. Yeah, you're thinking red kangaroos, yeah. not mostly common, which is the greys. It is these red kangaroos, which are more rare and they are larger. They're huge. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're not all over the country. They tend to be in like the central south. Mm-hmm. Within the park, we got to see a ton of emus. We saw a family of 12 at one point. Yeah, huge. And for all the fathers out there who think they do all the work, the emus, when the eggs are hatched, the female takes off. Yep. And the male raises the baby emus. Yep. Sounds right to me. This guy had 12. Yeah, he did. It was just crazy. Yeah. There was a lot. And there was one little runty one that he was waiting for. It was very sweet. There were a ton of emus in this park. They're like, they're like giant, they're like ostriches. But like cooler looking. I think prettier. They're prettier than yeah, ostriches, yeah. yeah. But we also got to see Eastern Blue Tongue, which is a lizard. About a foot, foot long, maybe. Mm-hmm. Stubby. It looks like a dinosaur. And really, you can't tell its its face from its tail because they look the exact same. 
They're so prehistoric looking and another, crazy. Another fascinating fact, which I learned about them, they name it for life. I know. No it's, so it's, it's sad because they go and they lay on the roads to get warm and then they get hit by cars and then I guess... You get some go, widows. I guess they have to go find another mate for yeah. life? I yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah, lots of lizards yeah. on this hike. Thank goodness. No snakes. No snakes at all. We got to see also some Gould's monitors. Again, <laughs> another lizard. Mm -hmm. um, and we got to see a central bearded dragon that was hanging out by a tree by some kangaroos. Yep. By this time, it was like 11 o'clock maybe. We were done. Oh my God. We were like so cooking, hot. cooking. It was 40 degrees at this point, which is like 104 Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. um, again, I would have dipped my toes in that Lake Mungo, <laughs> given there was a lake. <laughs> You don't sweat, but you're just, your skin is caked in salt because you're just, you know, you're sweating, but it evaporates right away. So it was hot, but again, it was only 11 o'clock. So I was like, all right, Farber, I know you're angry and I know you don't want to keep going, but we're going to, we're going to drive. We're going to drive out to the walls of China. Now, again, this should have been a very easy drive, uh, but given that this was another unsealed road, uh, 10Ks took us about 30 minutes, but I'd say it was worth it. Yeah. We had nothing else to do besides bake in the sun and deal with the flies again. Um, so these are sand and sandstone formations, again, from like back when this actually was a, a lake. And they kind of look like miniature version of, of hodos, rock formations that you might see in like Zion or Bryce Canyon. Really, really pretty. So we walked out. There's a really nice little like walkway out to where you can view the the formations. Um, took some pics and then headed back to make some lunch in the van. And then this is what I really forced you to do. We continued on our drive, um, probably another what, 20, 30 minutes up this hill to see what I will describe as miniature versions of the formations that you would see in the Badlands. I've never been to the Badlands, but white sandstone rock formations. Um, again, much smaller. But by this point, it had reached uh, 42, 43 yeah, or, degrees. Yeah. Like it just kept getting hotter. And so we're like, all right, let's go back past our campsite two kilometers there is this i'm using air quotes right now resort um lake mungo resort it was called yes yeah, yeah. and because we were like all right they're gonna have air conditioning right and and they did and hopefully they'll have wi-fi they did not uh so but we we're like all right let's just go there we'll get a drink we'll cool off and just just chill and we were the only people there outside of the young woman working the front desk yeah the best best part was that we, we went into the main lobby of the hotel and this is young woman's at the desk. Mm -hmm. And we're like, hey, do you have like a, a restaurant or a bar we can just like hang out and have a drink? We were just so hot. Yeah. So we, we like, she's like, yeah, of course. And so we like, she's like right this way. And so she points us in the direction. And then she comes around and she's the bartender too. Yep. It's like a one. Work in the front desk and work in the bar. It's a one woman show. no one there. There was no one there. There's no one there. She's from the UK. You can tell by her accent right away. And I think you go up and you ask her like if they have Wi-Fi. And she's like, oh, no, you're, you're from, you're American, right? And you're like, yes. And she's like, oh, my boyfriend is American. And he said that in America, all the roads are paved and you can get Wi-Fi everywhere. <laughs> we're like, 
yeah, pretty much. I mean, not every road is paved, but paved in gold, my lady. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you were talking to her, and you were like, "Well, where's where's your boyfriend from? If he's he's American?" And this was another crazy thing. He was from Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, which probably an hour, hour and a half from our house in Pennsylvania. But not only that, that is where your uncle. Yeah, Uncle Jim's from Wilkesbury. Uncle Pennsylvania. Jim was from, yes, Wilkesbury. So it was. Again, another small, small world situation where you're like, how in the matter of days do we meet two people who have this connection to these tiny towns in Pennsylvania that were not too far from, from our house that we had in, in PA. Um, but no, it was great. We got to chill in the air conditioning, played some Connect Four, yeah. which I hadn't played in five million years. But hey, what are you going to do when it's five million degrees outside? So did that for a little bit. We went back to our site. I was over it, the flies, and they were biting ants, and I was just, I locked myself in the van, and I was like, I would rather, like, sweat to death in this van than, than be out here in the heat with the insects, and so we made dinner, uh, tried to get some sleep, didn't go so well, uh, because we knew the next day, driving out, we did, we, we did still have another two-hour drive on an unsealed road to get us to our next destination but thank god we were leaving yeah, it was it was about that time that i started talking to jonica and i was like i'm sick of these primitive campsites like why didn't we stay somewhere nice why didn't we stay in like a, a holiday park that has amenities oh and and that was probably the the wrong conversation to start at that hour of the day because it was yeah. two hours ahead of a drive that you didn't want to do and that um, you had planned. You had it all teed up, and I was like, "Nope, let's go, let's go primitive." So things do get more positive. We're gonna start getting into that when we return. We promise. This is part of traveling. It's kind of how it goes. It is. So we will. Uh, we'll return in just a second. All right, we are back, episode 10 of Address Unknown. So really quickly, let's just recap some of the things, Farber, that, that you've learned um, and some things that you, you now, hopefully, I mean, this isn't always going to be the case, but will listen to me. Yeah, this, right? is, not, this is not part of Love and Learn. This is just <laughs> Jonica reiterating things that I have learned out of this experience. <laughs> that, you know what, the popular parks there's some advantages to them, right? And sometimes you want a pool. Sometimes you want a camp kitchen. Sometimes you just, you want some amenities, right? And I think you're at the point now where we're almost at eight weeks in a van of, in, in some sorts that uh, amenities are good. Um, we, it's okay to let me want to buy more water and wine right? Because you run out of those things and no one should have to ration their water or their wine. Do you agree? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has now heard the three things Mark learned while in Lake Mungo beyond the, the, the lack of geographical lakes, which said were there. I know. We departed Mungo. We drove the unplanned extra two hours 
down the unsealed road, and then another three and a half hours to the town of Hay. Mm-hmm. So all said and done, Jonica was at the wheel for a minimum five hours here of driving that day. A very long day. We, uh, we, with some foresight from Jonica, she just said, listen, like, let's book a room at a hotel. You're going to want to be in a motel after spending two days in the desert. And let me just say, you were, like, really mad at me for booking this motel in the first place, right? Like, when I booked it, you were like, ugh, you were so upset. And then once we got there, you are like, thank God. Okay, it had... It had showers it had towels yeah it had full beds had it not been raining it had a pool yep that's true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jonica was not wrong like this was when we got there crazy rain coming down crazy lightning it was like rolling right over us so it was it was very much a good respite to be out of Wanda for the night yes Hay was a tiny town. So small. Um, sort of like a main, sort of like when you drive through the United States and you're like, oh, there's Main Street and you like blink and it's gone. That mm-hmm. was what Hay mm-hmm. is very similar to. But it's cute. It's got its typical hotel pub. Um, we didn't realize it, but we went out to get food that night and to go to dinner. And there was a single. Uh, Only one place open. Yeah, there was just a. This, like, it was called a bistro. Mm-hmm. And it opened at 6. So we're like, okay, whatever, we'll go. We got there at 6.15. We didn't even know what time it was, honestly. But there was already a line, like, out the door. Out the door, people. And we were like, holy shit, okay. But ordered dinner, had our dinner, it was lovely. Yep. It had stopped raining by this point. It was a little bit cooler, which was very nice after being in Mungo and almost dying from heat exhaustion. Yeah, got up the next day. We made our way uh, to the van because it was time to drive to Kaura. Yes. Kara. Kara. And uh, it's a five-hour drive, which Janika, again handled very professionally without too much yelling (laughs) because we were not going to be going back along the coast as we had come down to get to Adelaide. Um, We were driving back to Sydney, which requires that you go through, we call it the interior. That's not even close, but yes, more, not, not not along the coast though. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so this is a a loop we were Mm -hmm. choosing to do to get from point A to point B. So longer drives back to back, whereas on the way down, we kind of got to take our time. Well, there's just more to see, right? True. When you're yep. like along the coast and here it's kind of like you're just picking these tiny little towns to stop in to break it up. But we just, we didn't leave as much time for the return trip, which we did on purpose, but that just meant longer driving days. Right. And, and people don't be mistaken that the coasts are where things exist in this country. There is very mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, for hundreds of miles. Yeah. There's very little, if anything. Like, again, it'll say, it'll say last, last point to fill up on petrol for the next 200 kilometers. Yeah. You, you don't want to run out of anything when yeah. you're driving down these roads. Because also, I was thinking about this. I was like, if something happens and we do have to pull over, there's no shoulder. I don't even know how you pull over. If you run out of gas or you're something, you blow a tire. I don't know. There's yeah, listen, there's literally nowhere. We've got nine days left in this van. Let's just not jinx anything. Let's <laughs> just leave it as is until we get to the 10th of January when we're no longer in a van uh, and at risk. But anyway, we digress. Kara. Kara. Yes, the town of Kara. Oh my gosh. Cute. It was great. We had a, a site on the holiday park overlooking a river again. Yay. It's a It had a larger main street, if you will. Still yeah. operating shops. Mm-hmm. Cute little place. Um, lots of history, most of it dating back to World War II, and lots of monuments for the veterans of World War II. The first evening, we did a short little walk, five, ten minutes, and stumbled upon another RSL. Mm-hmm. This is Yay. T- Yeah. The best part was, though, this there was a very 
there was an elderly woman working the desk at this one and we walk in and you haven't been carrying a wallet so right away though she was like all right I need your IDs and I was like okay so I gave her mine and you're like I don't I don't have my ID and she's like well I can you just get a day pass then that's yeah, it that's my right. pass was good for five that's days right. I got a day pass and I was yeah. a guest of Jonica who was technically a guest a guest of a guest yeah mm-hmm. anyway the town car as we talked about small but it did have this amazing Japanese garden and this is the largest in the southern hemisphere it was massive mm-hmm. uh, it was very well done it had rolling hills it had rivers it had tea gardens it was beautiful totally worth stopping in Kara to go to the Japanese garden to be honest we were a little bit shocked at the $20 entry fee per person seemed kind of steep well we haven't paid to get into almost any park in Australia I know and then in, and then in the middle of nowhere that's where you have to pay for the park yeah yeah mm-hmm. in Kara in Kara the following uh, evening, we then decided to go back to the RSL for dinner. Ooh, splurge. And this it's because they're affordable, and they have everything. They yeah. Have, like we talked about, gaming, dinner, drinks, all of that, and it's cheap. And it's very local. This one was funny because the, the woman who took our food order was like, oh my gosh, are you American? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, I'm going to come talk to you. I want to know everything about America. And she did. When it slowed down, she came over and she was just firing off questions at us. So that's also, we've talked about this, but a, a really funny thing about these small towns is they're just sh- so shocked. Why what are you doing here? the that's hell always, that's always a question. are you in this town? Why are you here? Yeah. But after dinner, we, uh, we took a walk back to the holiday park, jumped on the roof platform of Wanda, and watched the large, large bats battle the cockatiels. Yeah. It was this weird, epic battle. They're not friends. I don't know if the bats were eating the babies or the eggs or something, but this, it was a cacophony of noise between the bats and the cockatiels, and it was it was definitely a, a battle happening out over the river. This is TV for us guys. Yeah. You're in the van. That is this, that is as close as it gets to entertainment. I mean, jump on that roof. Come on, David Attenborough shit right there yeah. in real life. Yep. Mm-hmm. We were then on to our final stop the next day. Final stop with Wanda. Yeah. Uh, of the Wanda journey. Mm-hmm. And this was going to be in the Blue Mountains of Australia, which are about an hour and a half outside of Sydney. Yep. Um, we, we were heading into the Christmas time, so we wanted to make sure that we had a number of days to stop with Wanda, do some relaxing. We also knew that the Blue Mountains were notorious for like their hiking. Yep. Um, and, and they did not disappoint. No. It was beautiful. We were basically... In the Grand Canyon of Australia mm-hmm. for the last few days leading up to Christmas. Because last year, over Christmas, we were in the Grand Canyon. So there was all these, we kept comparing it to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. But it's not as big. So no. to be clear, a few things put this in perspective. The The Grand Canyon is nearly 5,000 square kilometers mm-hmm. in size. Whereas the Blue Mountains are 2,700 square kilometers. Yes. Yeah. So not nearly as big. But very, very epic. Katoomba was a, a cute town. Yeah, Katoomba is where we were staying. Yeah. Um, very touristy, obviously, because it is the, the town of the Blue Mountains. Um, so a lot, you know, a number of grocery stores, restaurants, coffee shops, bars. Kind of a, a bustling little, very, you know. Very bohemian kind of like yeah. mountain town, hippie yes. town type place. Very mountain town vibes. So we uh, arrive and we know looking at the weather conditions surprise surprise we're only going to have two days of good weather we were there for four 
days total, I think, yep, right? That's correct. Um, so right away we get there, we kind of set up camp and then we set out to hike to see the, the three sisters. This is a very popular rock formation and there were three, unlike the 12 apostles where there were only three apostles that we saw, there were actually three sisters, really nice hike, not super difficult. Um, came back to the camp and right across the way there was this lovely, Dutch couple that we kind of struck up a conversation with and we we're like, all right, after dinner, let's have drinks together. And so we did, and we went over to their van and we sat out until I want to say like 11 or 11 30, which was like super late, late for late. us yeah. and drank bottles of wine. And we made hot toddies cause it got real cold, uh, at night there. Yeah. And we all got nice and toasty and yeah, Kim and Kim and, and you were super cool. Yeah, they, were, they, they were, were amazing. And they were doing the same thing. They were in a van for like they were there for three months. Mm -hmm. um, but it was good because they were doing the opposite direction we were going. Yes. So we got to swap stories and be like, go here, go tell here. them like what parks to check out and stuff. And yeah, it was super fun. Just one of those fun, chill evenings where the conversation just flows really easily, and you exchange stories. And obviously, now we're you know grand friends and maybe we'll get to meet up in Indonesia in or in Amsterdam where they live or where Amsterdam. We'll be yeah. Once, once we head, head to, to Europe. So super fun night. Um, the next morning they departed. We were hungover. It was my second hangover since being, uh, in Australia. And so we took, we were a little slow going right away, but we were like, all right, this is the last good weather day. So we got to go on a hike. And we did, we did a pretty aggressive hike. I will say we hiked down the, into the, the valley into the canyon, yeah. yeah, of, of the mountains and, um, did the Prince Harry cliff trail that went down into the fern blower circuit. So this was basically, it looked like Jurassic park. Um, we saw a lot of, like Australia has obviously a number of really cool birds. One is called a superb lyre bird. And this is a gray pheasant looking bird, but then it has a couple of crazy, almost peacock like feathers coming out of its tail. Um, so very, very interesting looking. And then some other gray, big gray bird. I don't even know what it was called because of course in true Australia fashion, there were no signs stating anything until we got down basically to the end of the hike. And so as we were going on this hike, I was like, Farber, I think there's a lot of snakes in this area. And you kept saying, no, way. no, because it's too cold. There's not going to be snakes. And sure enough, we get to the one sign and it lists out like five of the worst snakes in this country that you might see in, in this area. Um, we did see, I saw a tiny snake, but it scurried away very, very quickly. Thank goodness. And whatever. After that, guess what? There was an amazing RSL in this, town. This was the nicest RSL we've ever been to. Yeah. By far. It was like a casino lobby. Like it was just <laughs> amazing. It was huge. And this guy who yeah. was clearly a vet was like a host and he'd be like, please come with me. And he's like, here's how this will work. 
and da 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 da, and they had two bar. It was just they get very excited about bringing how good the food is, yeah. and they're like, "Have you been here before?" Well, no, but we've been to an RSL, but they're like, "You haven't been to this RSL, have you?" And we're like, "No, no, we have not." They had like, all these themed nights for like dinner and stuff. Like you get a T-bone steak on Thursday with a glass of wine for twenty-five dollars Australian, yeah. which is eighteen bucks. Yeah, this one was a little bit more expensive, yep. but uh, I didn't have to convince you to go because it's an RSL. I love them. You love them. We're gonna do it. So we did that super fun had lunch uh but that night so you know it started raining but then it let up for a little bit and in the blue mountains they do something really cool um at the katoomba cascades which is right across the road from the holiday park that we stayed in they illuminate the path and the waterfalls so we hiked down there very easy well-lit path and it's beautiful it's glowing the rain made it so that the falls were really full mm -hmm. and flowing um it also just made all the rocks illuminate and it was very very beautiful i'm really glad that that we did that the next day christmas eve it rained most of the day but we did go into town we had made dinner reservations at this place bowery which is in an old church and uh there was a band playing yeah so. it was the wombat crossing yeah it was a local a local trio it was well it was supposed to be a trio but for some reason only two of the wombats showed up yeah. so we had an amazing meal some very sassy in a good way servers uh so we had a really fun christmas eve went back next day christmas raining all day long chilled out in the van episode nine was actually recorded on christmas day yes during the pouring rain yes and that's kind of like the benefit or the positive side of the weather here is that we are able to actually put time aside when there's like shitty weather mm -hmm. and record mm -hmm. we could be we could record a lot all the time we could record a lot let's yeah. put it that way yeah but anyway we had a lovely steak dinner we made potatoes and we tried to make it as american christmas dinner as we could um, with not having an oven and, you know, whatever, wh whatever we could get at the yeah. grocery store. And yeah. it was good. And we also cracked into some of the wine that we'd been saving. Special that we had uh, from, from Rosenberg. Barossa. Yep. Yes, Valley. So that was our last day. We drove Wanda back into Sydney, the hour and a half. Very uneventful, thank goodness. We thought there would be a lot of traffic and there wasn't. And we dropped her off. Uh, which was kind of bittersweet. We had booked a hotel really close to the airport because the next morning we had a very early flight to catch uh, to, to Perth, which is, we're on that coast right now. We spent 40 days in Wanda. 18 of those days were sunny, but, uh, and not super warm every one of those 18 days. The rest were rainy. And we drove a total of 4,217 kilometers, which is 2,620 miles. Back in 2019, when we rented our van in Utah, over 10 days, we drove almost 1,400 miles. So it felt like we drove a lot longer in Wanda, but we actually more time didn't. Less driving. Just, yeah, more time, less driving. Um, but this is it we're we're on our last leg in australia and so after we leave here we will do a summary of of our trip here uh our loves our learns overall all right folks there it is that is the summary of our time in wanda the kilometers driven the days of rain the flies endured 
We're gonna take a quick break before we get into our final loves and the learns for episode number 10 of Address Unknown. All right, and we are back. Jonica, my love, what is your love? <laughs> I love the push and pull in our relationship. Of course, we argue and we fight. How could you not, right? After spending almost eight weeks together in a van. It's it's been trying but uh we're we're i think we're learning to communicate better right like we're our communication skills are growing i am someone who is always very quick to shut down if i was pissed or upset for any sort of reason and i can't really do that now because we're just in this very small confined space so if something is bothering me or you're pissing me off I will I will voice that and so I'm, I'm happy that I feel like I am able to speak up a little bit more we also know when we need space and we don't need to be constantly talking um, so again if we can make it through eight weeks in a van together we can pretty much do anything and what is your learn we're not van life people. Okay. <laughs> we're too tall, which who would ever say we're too tall for anything? Uh, well, explain, explain that. Like, explain it to people who've never been in one of these, how that, how we're too tall for this van. The beds are too short. So Wanda, we had a bit more room, right? We could sleep on our stomachs. We could kind of, I wouldn't say stretch out, but it wasn't as though like the tip of your head and the soles of your feet were touching the walls yes. as they are in this new van and you can stand up in both you of can things. stand up yes but the sleeping is is the issue so that's why we're too tall but we're not van like people that's fine we splurged on a nice hotel in perth and i am so excited to stay there all right farber what's your love my love is that after driving for these 40 days in Wanda, the 2,600 plus miles behind the wheel, um, you drove all of it. Mm -hmm. And and my love is that I really do very much appreciate, even though I may not always voice it, oh. your, your tolerance while driving in these conditions. Um, I don't think anybody really knows until you've done it the the challenges that are faced when like our first hour out of Sydney was a nightmare because it was traffic. The van was picked up on a single lane road where there's two car, two car lanes basically. Yeah. yeah. And returned in the same way. Um, Jonica did not scuff, bump, hit a single thing. <laughs> um, and so my, really my love here is that your, your willingness to not relinquish control to me in any way and let me drive this van. <laughs> And so therefore I got to see a lot of things. I got to enjoy a lot of the like sights while sitting in the passenger seat. Um, but at the same time, really very much putting out respect and love for you for, Aww, for driving. Thank you. That's, that's very nice. That's my love, at least for the time in Wanda. Mm -hmm. Who knows? You could crash this bitch into a wall before we get out of here in 10 days. He's a boy. 
pizza boy. Yeah. Okay, we'll get into that later. My learn, we go to Google Maps with high dependency, right? Like everyone's like, where are you going? Here, I'll look it up my Everyone, map. Or all I want to go look for a, a nail salon in your case. Or mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to look for uh, a place to get like a mountain bike fix, whatever it is. Um, you go to Google Maps and you just put in like the general words and you can generally find what a, you need. What you need. So our reliance on that technology led me to think that going to Lake Mungo was going to be an oasis in the desert. Mm-hmm. Because... As we had discussed previously, there is a blue lake on the map. Yep. And the same thing... Even can... when you go to the state park website, I will say, that it also, like, their map shows a lake. Yes. And and the same thing can be said for the driving roads, the conditions of the driving roads. Whereas, we've talked about this before, the, the Albania trip that was up a road on the map, but it was actually a dirt road, and it took, you know, eight hours. It was a goat trip. Yeah. This, this trip, which we said was going to be an hour and a half, and was like five hours. Yeah. So I think that's the learn is that I will no longer make the same mistake twice in assuming a place just visually is going to be that way because the map says it is. I'm going to do a little more due diligence, dig a little deeper, and actually research these parks or these places if we're going to go to them to ensure that we're not fucked again. Don't be so vulgar. That's my learn. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for us. Episode 10. Woo! We made it to 10. That's... Double digits. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Episode 10 of Address Unknown. I am totally behind on updating the site. It will happen. Uh, We just... The internet here has not been spectacular. So, we are in and out of service. We have been in some very primitive places already again. Uh, which you'll hear about in the next episode, but bear with me. The site will get updated. We'll have all the things on there. Uh, but yeah, happy new year, everyone. Happy, new happy year. 2024. It's going to be a fun and interesting year. And until next time, bye. bye.